questions today. The question is, what does idol worship look like in 2022 or in modern times? And so I'm going to work on that next week. How do I forgive somebody who has hurt me? All right, so um, that's going to be a, a tough one, but I'm telling you, if you want to break free, next week is going to be a powerful sermon, a powerful time in the Word, because uh, there's a lot of us that are holding bondage there. And then the final one, get ready, you guys put on the, like the spiciest chili pepper for the last one. Uh, why is it okay for Christians to impose their moral law in the United States? All right, so um, we're going to be talking about how do we navigate politics in our culture and world in the United States. And so I'm just going to, everybody's just going to get mad at me at that one, I, I guess. So um, that'll be August 14th. No, I, I honestly believe the message, that message um, will be, it's the message of our generation, the message of our church. Jesus says, hey, I pray that they are one, just like we are one, so that they will know, I, you know, who I am. And so we have got to, as a church, get this right on how we are going to navigate our raging world around us, because evidently Jesus says that's the key to them seeing who I am. It's how well this church gets together and unifies, uh, even when we are strongly divided and passionate on some of these subjects. So anyway, I'm, that's it. That's it. I'll give you the, that's the preview you get. Today, we're talking about idols. Let me get you, if you got your Bibles, open up Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 is where we'll start, and then we'll get going. Get going. So it says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you out of the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. He's reminding them, I did that. You had Egypt with all these gods, supposedly, that couldn't stand up to the one God, the God. All right, little G God. He says, you, so this is, when we're talking idol worship, and he starts out this new community, starting with this, you know it's a big deal. And it is still a big deal today. He says, you must not have any other God but me. We are born to worship. You, are, you worship something. Uh, you get passionate. You're talking about uh, Uriah TikTok and dancing around TikTok. All right, I come from the Midwest sports area, sports arena, and I see guys all the time when it gets in football season and our team scores, we do what? Woo! Hands up, high five, chest bump, hugging, crying, whatever, you know, cussing and everything. We're passionate when it comes to our sports and then we get into church. I don't, I, you know how to get animated. I know you do. I know you know how, whether it's a TikTok, there's something that you get passionate about. And I, I'm not saying you have to move in order to worship God. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you know how to get passionate about things. And that's what we're getting after today. What are, what are the things that hinder you that are standing in the way between you and God? There is something that fights for your worship every single one of us, because you were born to worship. It's in your DNA. Even the strongest atheist that I know gets excited about something. There's something they see in the world, and that's not right. Or they got to stick it to the man or something. We all have that thing. We all have that thing that wants that. He says, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind of image of anything in the heavens or earth or the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I I, the Lord your God, Yahweh, 
am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Now, just real quick, because this isn't the main part of the sermon. Sometimes we see that God's jealous. Well, why is he so jealous? Like if he's God, like what's he doing? We think of jealousy in a, in a, like a negative sense here. Who in here, you're married? 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 Okay, many of us in here, we're married. All right. Your spouse cheats on you. You better be upset and passionate about what they're doing. It's kind of like a marriage. If you're not upset about that in your marriage, then I would question whether or not you are really in love with the person that you're with. You better be passionate if something like, he said, you're not going to cheat on me. I love you. I saved you. I want a relationship with you. You go and bow down to something else. It breaks my heart. I'm a jealous God because I want a relationship with you. He says, I lay down the sins of the parents upon their children and their entire family is affected, even children in the third or fourth generation who reject me. Basically, he's saying, when you do this, there's consequences for the people around you. And you know this. If there's someone in your family who's screwing up and making bad choices, as, as we call it in our house, is that a good choice or is that a bad choice? Someone making bad choices around you, it affects you. It affects the family unit. So you, what, the decisions you make don't just impact you. They impact everyone else. That's what he's saying. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. So quick question, turn to your neighbor and say, growing up, growing up, tell them who was your idol growing up, all right? Take 30 seconds and let the, your neighbor know who was your idol growing up. You had one, somebody you wanted to meet online. If you're joining us online, hello. Thank you for joining us. Answer that question in the comments. <clears throat> All right, give me, give me just a couple. Shout them out if you got something you're proud of. Let me know who was your idol growing up. Who was it? Who'd you want to meet? John Wayne. Did I hear John Elway? John Wayne? John Wayne, okay, I was like, John, well, some of you got Bronco fan, and here's somebody who wanted to meet John, John Elway, I'm sure. What else, anybody else? Kelly Slater. Kelly Slater, all right, back to the school, or uh, Saved by the Bell, yes. Um, you're, go, you're kind of tracking with me. Oh, the surfer, oh, I'm sorry, was it Slater and A.C. Slater, all right. <laughs> I wanted to meet A.C. Are you talking, you know, he's talking about Zach and the gang, right? Well, that's kind of where I'm going. So mine, Michael Jordan, for sure, growing, I'm, a, I'm a child of the, of, the, of the 90s, all right? This was the actual poster in, in my room that I had. I, um, um, got it in the Wheaties box, you know, the, you got the Wheaties box. All right, I also, big fan of uh, New Kids on the Block. Anybody? Oh, 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 oh. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. This was an actual poster that I had in my room as too. Big fan. Um, I remember going to the Illinois State Fair in DuCoin, Illinois. We went there every year uh, because I had family that lived there. And one year, um, right in the prime, I mean, just before they, I mean, they blew up, but somehow they had booked them at the Illinois State Fair. They were there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm third, fourth grade, you know. And uh, we, uh, we didn't have tickets. My parents, probably very wise, did not uh, buy tickets to the boy bands. I'm getting, I'm getting some, 
uh, bad looks back there. You guys can make fun of me. All right, I'm fine. I'm secure. We did. Hey, how do I deal with my insecurities a couple weeks ago? I'm good. I'm good. I'm solid with this. All right. I like the boy bands. I like to dance. All right. Um, anyway, we got to we we got to go to the fair, but we were uh, we weren't in the crowd. We didn't have a ticket, but you could hear them playing, and then. Uh, they took us around to the side, and from like way far off, if you squinted, you could see them dancing around. So I did get to see them uh, back in the day. Right now, I asked my boys last night, I'm like, who, would you, who could you meet? If you could meet anybody, who would it be? Ryan's World and uh, Mr. Beast, all right? These are YouTubers. You're like, who are these people? YouTubers. This is it. This is it. Your children want to meet the YouTubers. Um, what does idol worship look like in 2022? Uh, we might have this image of like, oh, well, like golden calves or something like we don't really relate to this issue back in what they're talking about in Egypt. Uh, we don't have carved wooden statues. Some of you, you might think, OK, well, um, like rocks, we see people buying like crystal rocks or having some sort of spiritual thing. Or you might think, hey, I've seen some people with some Buddha statues, something like that. But I want to I hit home just a little bit more because I would imagine most of us in this room, I could talk about that. You'd skate by and be like, all right, I'm good. But I want to get after what your idol is. Ours might look more like this. Hey, I don't bow down to any object. I don't bow down to anything. There's an actual term for this called tech neck because we bow down to our little figurines here so much and so often. All right. <clears throat> An idol can be anything. It can, it can be anything that, that, that takes the place of, of God in your life. An area of like access denied. I know a lot of us, hey, I can't talk about this. It's classified. Can't, can't go in here. It's, it's classified. And, and God would say, hey, can we talk about that? And spiritually, you'd be like, I, we, yeah, that's a classified area, God, access denied. I want to know about that area. The one area, the one thing, if you can identify one thing in your life today that, that, that you don't allow God in or you, you are just unwilling to give up and you're holding on and you're fighting for something to hold on and grasp, what, that thing that threatens it. Because all of us in here, most, most of us would say, hey, I love Jesus. He's a part of my life. I love him. Like, I lo but there is something that is fighting for that. Always trying to take that place. So I want your heart to do the speaking. As the psalmist says, as David said in Psalm 39, search me, oh God, know my heart. This is a heart issue. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me. Search me, test me, lead me. This is a dangerous prayer. I, I, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm animated, I'm excited about this, but honestly, you don't want this message. You don't want it because it's going to get at that thing that you don't want to change. I'm going to be bringing up your little G God, or not me, God is going to talk about your little G God. And little G gods do not like to be mentioned. They like to hide. You don't want to hear this because it's probably true. And if, if you hear it from God, you're probably going to have to do something with it. 
So I hope my prayer is this right here. This has been my prayer, that your heart would be right here. But this is dangerous. This is dangerous. The pride walls, the defensive walls, I can, I can tell are, are, are you're trying to fight. Are they going to go up or down in this? And that's where we all have to battle. There's a, there's a man in, in Mark chapter 10, and uh, he is uh, defined as the rich young ruler, and he meets Jesus. And he asks a question in Mark chapter 10, uh, as Jesus was going to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, notice that, he knelt down, and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What, what good thing must I do? Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. What's he getting at here? This guy's saying, what do I got to do? Me, me, me. And God's like, let's get, Jesus said, all right, like, let's just get the focus off you. This is all about God here, all right? Only God's good. Let's, let's, let's start there. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You're a good Jewish boy. You must not murder, commit adultery, steal, uh, testify falsely, cheat anyone, honor your father and mother. Teacher, teacher, I've obeyed all the commandments since I was young. Check, 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 check. I'm good. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. I love this. He's about to say something really difficult, but in love. He's going to say the thing that you don't want to hear, but in love. Go and sell all your possessions and give money to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then he gives the invitation that he gave to all the other disciples and us. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. What did this man think? Going into this conversation, what did he think? That he's in good standing with God. He thinks, I'm a good person. I know the commands. I know the scripture. And I do them. Now, what did Jesus think? This guy's in denial. This guy thinks he, he's, he's got it all together. And this, he's like, you're so close, man, but yet you are so far away here. Outward obedience does not earn you right relationship with God. He lacked one thing. Did you see that? There is still one thing you haven't done. Radical trust in God. Jesus, he saw the desires of his heart. And to be very clear, this is a passage that is, that is not about money or not about going and everybody, every Christian living in poverty, all right? To be clear, this is a passage, the heart of this is about discipleship. Because this idol that this one thing that you have that fights for it, and we might have more than one thing, but I, if you get one thing out of today, I'd be happy about that. But it's unique to you. Nicodemus, when he meets Jesus, he, Jesus didn't say the same thing to Nicodemus and say, hey, go and sell all your possessions. And, no, he went after the religious part of Nicodemus and said, Nicodemus, you got to be born again of the Spirit. You're following all this religious stuff, but Nicodemus, unique to you and keeping you from me is this stuff. So there's something unique to you in your discipleship relationship with Jesus. How do you identify the one thing, the little G? 
All right, how, how do we identify what is it in my life? Well, first talk with God. <laughs> Spend time with God. We are rounding out 31 days of planted, getting in the word. It's been awesome. And in the coming weeks, we will start a new series. We won't go 31 days, but we're going to start as a church journeying through the word each and every single month. But you got to get in the word. You got to spend time with Jesus. You got to spend time in prayer and, and just let him speak. Chances are you already know. That's the thing. Like, I, you probably already know what that is, or you have a good idea of what it might be. Start there, lean in there, see what he wants to expose in that area. Secondly, I would just say follow the money. What, what might be the little G in your life? Follow the money. Like, I'm not going to. I don't necessarily want to. But if, if I were to just even follow you for a week, maybe not even that long, but ha look at the bank account. Look at it, 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 beyond money, time. Let's, let's just kind of observe your time. Let's observe what gets your energy. Let's see what gets your words. What do you talk about? What, what, what do you post about? What, do you, what is your worries about? What, what gets you, what gets the emotions going? What gets you angry? Fox News, CNN. What gets you fired up? That, uh, give me all of those things. I'm, I'm, and if you were to allow me to just kind of say, I, this is what I, I would try to say it in the nicest way. You'd probably want to punch me right? But I'd be like, I see this, I see this, I see this, I see this. If I just follow it, I'm like, it might be this. I don't know. You can do that inventory yourself. You don't need me to do that. In fact, you probably already know. Follow it. It will it might give you a clue as to what is getting all of your attention and time. What might be that thing? This is where you need other people in your life. Third thing, let, do you let people speak? I, I know, because I, I've had to wrestle with this all week long, so I kind of know uh, where some of mine are at. But if you came in and were like, Mike, I, I kind of see this and this and this and this. This might be it. I'd be like, who are you? Defensive, right? But can I tell you, we need that person in our life who can look at you and like, he, saw, he looked at him genuinely with love. There are people in my life who can tell me hard, I have allowed people access into my life who know me, who, can, who, who encourage me, but in love can share some of these tough things that I need to hear because sometimes I'm in denial. Sometimes I'm just even blind and I need help. Do you have that person? Many of us don't. This is going to sound so un-American. Because in, in America, what it, what's our highest good? It's individual freedom and happiness. Anything that tries to threaten my rights and my individual thing, I don't care if you're talking about a mask or your neighbor trying to do something with the fence that's not theirs, it's yours. Like, that's mine. You don't touch my stuff. And any organization or thing that threatens that, any institution that threatens it, it's immediately bad. 
or my happiness, my right to my own happiness. You will not rob that of me. So if I were to say, look at you and say, hey, I see you doing something. I kind of see you struggling. Do you need some help? No, I'm good. I got it. I got it. I'm good. I'm fine. How about we just, like, if somebody asks you, hey, do you need some help with that? And even if you do got it and you can do it, how about you just say, sure, come help me. Now, most people, when they ask that question, they're probably like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have asked if I, if I help. But I, we have this individualistic society that says, I don't need help. If I'm missing something and I need a tool, I'm just going to go to Lowe's and go get it. I don't, I don't need this community thing. We got to fight against that. Because it might be keeping me. That might be your God. Pride. I am the idol. I serve me. I do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want, and no one's going to try to stop me. What is it? What is it for you? Okay, this is going to sound bad as a pastor, but I, I, as I think about this, guys, like, okay, we can go two, two ways with this. If your God is, is, let's say it's pleasure, happiness, adrenaline rush, I just, I got to go on this weekend thing, I need an adrenaline rush, I got to do this thing, I'm always just doing this thing, or sex, and I just like, man, I can't live without sex, you can live without sex, you, you actually can, all right, but God's not going to tell me who to, how I can do my sexual relationships like no I, nothing's going to threaten me and my happiness or my money it's my money I will do with it what I want God can't threaten that area or anything like whatever that is all right here's what I would say and this is where it's going to sound bad go do it go and just do it all I, I kind of like this I, I feel bad saying that but I'm just like just get it out of your system because every one of us, I don't care if it's the American dream and that's your idol. Hey, I got, the, I got the house, I got the job, I got the wife, I got the kids, I got the vacation, I got the retirement. All right, I don't see that anywhere in scripture. I'm not saying it's bad or wrong. I'm just saying that's what we're shooting for. And if that gets jacked up, that's what we're worried about. Go get it. Go get it all. Because at the end of it all, once you reach the end of your rope, you're going to be just like this guy. Because you're going to find out, I have all the money. I've done all the stuff. And there's still something missing. You're still going to come back to Jesus and kneel down and talk about this thing called eternity and say, I still have this hole in this need. So there's a part of me that just says, just go, go get it. And I, 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 you, I, I think you get what I'm trying to say. I'm not encouraging sin, all right? <laughs> but I, you get the heart behind just like, you, you're going to get to the end of your rope. I wish you wouldn't do it now, but whatever. It's like the, the, the uh, Luke 15, the um, prodigal son. Hey, I want my inheritance now. Not Like, you're dead to me, Dad. Give it to me now. Okay. Got, got, Okay. And then he finds out that he still needs God. Now, here's the other one. And this can be just as much of a trap. You cut it out. Okay, this thing, okay, fine. 
Get rid of it. Jesus said this in the Sermon on the Mount. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. All right, so just chop it off. Get rid of it. He says, he goes on. He's like, if your hand causes you to sin, chop it off, right? And in a way, he's speaking figuratively, but in a way, he's kind of speaking literally. Because if I gouge out my eye, guess what? My tongue can still say some pretty perverted things. So chop off the tongue. My hand could still pretty touch something. And you know what? Here, chop off the, the, the thing. Eventually, you would have to chop so many body parts, you'd have to chop out your heart. That's what he's getting at here. This is what Jesus is saying. He's like, I'm after your heart. And guess what? I can change that. <clears throat> this issue is not behavior modification. This is discipleship. I can chop things and behavior modify all day long. And Jesus says, you still won't get to the root cause because it's in the heart. And that's what I do. Ezekiel, Ezekiel said this. He says in 36, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer say this with me, and you will no longer worship idols. I will give you, say it with me, a new heart. I will put in a new spirit in you. I will take away your stony, stubborn heart. This is the one where the defenses are up right now. Whatever that thing is that you are, like the, the stony, stubborn heart is like, nope, nope, nope so that you will follow my, with a tender, responsive heart, you will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to follow my regulations. When Jesus spoke this to this man, it's one of the saddest stories in scripture. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great, this is where God want me to just say, let's just put a blank in here. You have a choice when you walk out of here with that thing, the one thing you lack. A lot of you, you're going to walk away sad because you had great what? Now, you don't have to walk out of here sad. You might have great reputation. You might have great popularity. You might have a great bank account in this case. You might have something, and God's going to say, I need that. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. He didn't walk away sad. He walked away with that changed heart, the one with new life and a new spirit. It doesn't have to go away like that. For some of you, you might say, I have great comforts. And God is saying, yeah, I want that. I want to push you and grow you. We got a mission, and it's not your comfort. Have a good life. God, this is going to change it all. This is going to change everything. I told you you don't want this message. August 2003. I'm going to close out with this. August 2003. I just moved here from the lab uh, and, and graduated to college came here in May of 2003. I only knew the people at the lab. I didn't have any family here. Uh, I didn't even know Rita at that time. But God started working on my heart. I had been running from God for eight years and running hard and running well. I did what I wanted, when I wanted, whatever. You name it, I did it. I went after it. 
when you go after a life of, of partying and you come to a new place, it's a Friday night and, all, and that's what you know and you do on the weekend, all right, well, let's go to the bar. Well, there's only one in town. <laughs> Canyon Bar and Grill, for some of you guys that can remember. August 2003. I'm there on a Friday night by myself, drunker than a skunk, just because that's what I do. And in the middle of that bar, which is where Bathtub Row is right now, in the middle of Bathtub Row, I sobered up real fast because God was like, what are you doing? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know I've had some, but no, this was, this was, I'm not alone here. And God very lovingly called me out of my sin. What are you doing? Do you want to keep doing this? I knew, I knew. No. I walk right out of that bar. I walk to the apartment. Days later, weeks later, I don't know, middle of the night. I know it's August 2003 still. Middle of the night. And I wake up. And it's this presence again. And I didn't hear anything audible. What are you fighting for? What are you fighting for, Mike? And immediately, I, I knew I was holding on. If I follow you, Jesus, you're going to change everything. If I follow you, I'm going to be one of those Jesus freaks I'm not going to be any fun anymore. I grew up in the church. I know I don't want that. What are you fighting for? This life is exhausting. I'm a show. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking. I'm partying. I'm chasing. And I am desperate. Nothing is satisfying. I've tried it all. I'm done fighting. And in that moment, <laughs> guilt, shame, freedom, and I felt so free for the first time. I felt so alive. And that's the question I want to end with today. What are you fighting for? Oh, it is going to change everything. And it is going to be hard. It's not easy. But with Jesus, it will always be better. When he, when he challenges you like he is today, I'm just praying the Holy Spirit does his thing because I'm just like, go after it, God. It's not to shame you. It's not to condemn you. It's always to make you better. He loves you. Rich young ruler, hey, you got something that's blocking you from me. Get rid of it and come and follow me and let's do this thing. You have an opportunity today. You can walk away sad because you have great, mm, or you can start this adventure that's beautiful and follow our Jesus. Not easy, but better. Search me. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There's so much more for you. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired. 
to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.